This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Despite not winning on the night, Liverpool and Man City are through to the final four of the Champions League. It was Quite an evening to lose some weight, especially if you're an Atleti fan and Man City, I guess. I'm here with James Bench and Michael LaHood will hopefully be joining us shortly to break down all the drama from Anfield and the Wanda Metropolitano. Que golazo Champions League Wednesday recap and the finale of the quarterfinals begins right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Kego Lasso. This is our live show. We want your comments. We want your questions, James Bench is in the house. Michael LaHood later on. Man City against Real Madrid. Liverpool against Villarreal. The Premier League against La Liga. That's your semifinals. We want your comments, your questions. What did you think of the games today? And what are you looking forward to ahead of that, of course? James Bench, how are you, my friend? Great interview with Michael Antonio, buddy. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. It was um, chaotic to organize, as, as you and I know. Trying to get a footballer in front of a camera. It's like trying to herd cats. <laughs> but uh, it was wonderful when we got there in the end. Um, and uh, yeah, he's such a great guy. And you can watch that on, YouTube, on our YouTube channel. Or read Absolutely. It or... Watch it on our Kego Lasso YouTube channel. Read uh, James Menges' uh, piece as well on CBS Sports as well. But plenty of great content there. Well done, Benji Ma. All right, let's talk about these games, uh, buddy. Let's... Uh, Focus on, first of all, Atletico Madrid against Manchester City. My goodness. I mean, listen, I mean, from a goal perspective, strategic perspective, tactical perspective, it wasn't necessarily a pleasing to the eye, but Man City get the job done. A few injuries, a few scraps. Somebody pulled Jack Grealish's hair. You do not do that, Savage. You don't. Do you want to get him angry? You want to you get Jack Grealish turned into the Hulk? That's, that's Gucci's hair. That, that's Gucci hair. Savage, what are you doing? It's worth a lot. It's worth a lot. But anyway, Atletico Madrid and Man City. Man City get the job done uh, after a very tough battle indeed. Kevin De Bruyne got hurt. A few other scraps as well. Felipe got a red card, of course. Give me your thoughts on this game, buddy. Uh, I thought it was, um, I mean, obviously it was incredibly intriguing. And even though, you know, I had no dog in the fight and there was a lot of fight going on, <laughs> uh, it was tense. Um, and it was invigorating and it's not the sort where you want to write something to to a deadline um but overall i i was largely pretty impressed with the way man city dealt with atletico madrid finally turning up in the tie i look back on you know the 10 minutes after half time um you know the passages leading up to Felipe's idiotic red card and we should say stefan savic should have been sent off as well for a headbutt yeah definitely um, you know, they should have been down to nine men. Like, there were passages there where Atletico Madrid, with all their fabulously talented attacking footballers, Lamar, Felix, Antoine Griezmann, all of whom are incredibly well reimbursed and cost Atletico a lot of money, turns out that they could actually give Man City a few difficulties. I thought City defended really well. I thought John Stones was outstanding. Nathan Ake, great off the bench. 
but it kind of makes you wonder if Atletico Madrid hadn't waited two hours and four minutes to kick the football at the goal, might they have actually, you know, been in this game? Everyone, uh, you know, everyone was sort of saying, you know, people that were praising the the Simeone masterclass were like, oh, you know, he just, he made sure that with 45 minutes to go, they were in the game. Well, you know, you, you might have been in the game if it was one all on aggregate or if it was one nil to you on aggregate. I know that it's hard that City are a level above Atletico Madrid, but for, for three quarters of this tie, Atletico Madrid played like a League One team would play against City. This is my issue with it. I think they hamstrung themselves. And then, look, if you're setting yourselves up for desperate times, meaning desperate measures, sometimes that desperate measure is is Angel Correa scoring against Edison. Sometimes that desperate measure is Felipe kicking someone, Felipe kicking Phil Foden. And it was hard. It was gritty. It was tough for City. But actually, I think it's probably a very useful job for City that they kind of came through this sort of game that they normally slip up in. Yeah, some really good comments here overall as James Bench was given his initial analysis over this game. Sandeep, I agree with you, man. I mean, you know, the first sentence said he looked a lot like Atletico towards the end. Atleti will be unhappy with their missed chances. Also, I haven't heard anyone say anything about the penalty that wasn't looked at. Well, I'm going to say right now, Sandeep, I really feel that, yeah, it was, I mean, I looked at it one a a few times after that and I'm surprised that VAR didn't take a look. Is this the Cancelo one? It was the one that Correa fell. He got yeah, he knocked. Dived. I believe it was Cancelo. I, I don't know. I looked at it in slow motion. It didn't look like a dive. I guess I got to see it again. But it looked interesting to me. Oh, I, have to, I mean, obviously, we we get different different commentary. You and I, right? Um, and maybe it is, you know, British commentators maybe taking a, a more pro city view. But I mean, I thought. It I mean, like I think dive. we can agree to the fact that that didn't determine the game. Right. I, I don't think so. Overall, in the course of two legs. Right. It's to your point. I think that Atletico really overall in two legs didn't bring enough. They just didn't. And Man City are a better team. And they, you know, even though they didn't wow us with goals and everything, they got the job done. Here's what I think. If you're going to be a scrappy team, a violent team, an aggressive team in your face, whatever, then own it. And I feel like in the first leg, you were too conventional, Diego Simeone. And Joao Felix is not going to hold the ball for you. I don't know who you think Joao Felix is. He's not Diego Costa. He's not going to hold the ball for you. He's going to try and connect with Griezmann. But then you had Griezmann out wide. You can't do that. So by the time he switched to a four at the back and then making Griezmann a little more central, then he brought in Correa, the wonderful Correa, who's just a nightmare against opponents. Mm. You know, I, I just thought, your decisions to be more aggressive were too late. Yes, I think you risk maybe having four players by the end of the game if you started doing that from the 45th minute. But at the very least, you're giving them a go because you're not going to beat Man City tactically. You're not going to beat them talent-wise even overall. So you might as well try and make it a little bit more of a gung-ho aggression fight. So I agree with you. I, I was disappointed with Atletico Madrid. Obviously, you want the stadium to be loud and Diego Simeone cheering everybody on with like 10 minutes to go, 12 minutes to go. But really, why don't you do that earlier on? Because this is a knockout competition. you got to go for it. You lose, you lose, whatever. But you're not going to be Man City on the other way. And there's a gap, isn't there, between cynicism and aggression. And I thought yeah, when Atleti were at their best, they were aggressive. You know, this was in your face, pressing, forcing Edison and the defenders to kick it long because they were being pressed. You know, Actually, it kind of suits it kind of suits City if you foul them all the time. Mm. Takes the air out of the game. And you saw Edison as well. It's like you're taking forever with free kicks and goal kicks because 
they need to make sure that the that Wanda Metropolitana, which sounded great from the TV. Yeah, I mean, the atmosphere is amazing. You can't yeah. deny that, right? Yeah. It, you need to, they need to take that out of the game. And I think, especially in the first half, it, City actually were benefiting from a referee that blew his whistle a lot. And uh, yeah, it, uh, it, ju- it was just too little too late. And in the end, you know. It was too little too late. It was. And there's the scrap. He got into a big scrap. That's what Atleti fans like. The players like it. Everybody likes it. But to your point, there's a difference between cyn- cynical aggression and actual physicality. And in the end, too little, too late. And I think that tactically Diego Simeone got it wrong. But, you know, as well, they, you know, on paper, they only lost by one goal. So we'll see. Anyway, we got Michael LaHood coming in. Hopefully, you won't leave me solo like last <laughs> night. Talking to myself like in a mirror. I had to start, oh, had to start singing there, James. <laughs> Nobody likes song. that. I know. Michael LaHood, how are you, buddy? Uh, I'm good. Never thought I'd be singing this, but, well, I won't be singing the Never Walk Alone. Sing Let's it. just stop right there. No, no, no. Never <laughs> never can. It's, it's not in my veins. <laughs> well, we're not there yet on the Liverpool game. I wanted your thoughts on the Atletico loss to Man City. James mm. Bench correctly saying that it just wasn't enough from Diego Simeone on both sides. Uh, uh, we get him some good comments here. Most football analysis, Simeone's plan almost worked. They had the quality this game to bypass City Press. Almost, mm-hmm. I don't know about almost, maybe almost on paper from a scoreline perspective, Mo, but I don't think at any point, maybe in the end, in stoppage time, when City started getting a little frantic, I thought, okay, maybe you have something. But overall, City, like James Ben said, handled it pretty well. How do you see it, Michael? I wholeheartedly agree. I was very disappointed when I saw the team sheet and I saw a back five again. And when I saw the guys on yeah. the bench, I thought, you got to be kidding me. We thought Pep was the one that was going to overthink this. Turned out it was Simeone who overthought it. I think it really almost felt like a personal vendetta against Pep is what overruled. And on the day, football won and violence really at the end what we saw there lost <laughs> i think we also forget that you know there was a lot of good chances for city like that they kind of get lost in the in the mud but, but ilkay gundogan could have had two yeah. and actually you know i was checking this the, the shots on target that um atletico madrid had there was that condogbia punt heave whatever you want to call it <laughs> it's called a shot half. bench yeah I don't know, Mike. I don't think you'd call that a shot if you took it. You would <laughs> no. not want that going down on your XG numbers. Um, <laughs> and then there was Correa's late effort, which Edison saved really well. Like, that's it for the whole tie. You know, um, three, uh, three, three quarters of the way through the tie, they had f- f- more fouls than they did hundredths of an XG. Not, not an XG, not more fouls than XG. More thousand hundreds of the next G. That was <laughs> here's uh, here's another comment. By the way, to be honest, in that second half, Atletico were creating, just didn't take their chances. I think they were creating in the wrong areas of the pitch, maybe, and they they were making it frantic. I agree with that. Here's what I think, and this is something we talked about, Michael and Benj. I'd love your thoughts on this. I think uh, it was part of our preview with Jimmy Conrad and how man, Atletico need a transition midfielder. Somebody that like you get the ball, look up, and you pinpoint, or at least you know move on. Not everybody can have Kevin De Bruyne, but you know somebody within that mold. It's very difficult to just you know lob it to Joao Felix, who can't hold the ball for you. And I think definitely in the first half, I saw moments where Atleti missed that kind of situation. But in the end, 
overall, Michael and Bench, let's wrap this one up. The right team got through to the semifinals. And I, I was the one who said that Atleti would pull the shock of all shocks in this tie and defeat Man City. But I, I wasn't the genius who thought that um, Simeone would overthink it, as I said before. And, and really, if you're going to go four in the back, I would like to see Antoine Griezmann just – it's been a horror show for him at Atleti since he left Barcelona. It's been a regression for him being used in all the wrong places. Antoine Griezmann, before he left Atletico Madrid, he was a center forward or he was using an attacking midfielder. I'm surprised if you're going to play four in the back. It's how originally Simeone brought him in, Michael, yeah. from, from Real Sociedad. He he used him as a, as a central player. Now he went yeah. wide. Sorry to correct. Yeah, keep going. Like, no, no, no. And if you're going to play four at the back or, or sorry, five at the back or three at the back, if you will, when they're in attack, play three, five, two. Two strikers, not one that's Zhao Felix. And if you're going to play Zhao Felix, play Griezmann up top. And I think it was a disservice to Griezmann's talent to put him in that right midfield role and ask him to defend. And as you guys both said, I thought Manchester City had the better of the chances. And it's a City team that managed the game to a plum. And Ilkay Gundogan, two golden opportunities. And let's not forget, Atletico Madrid, they had their chance with the, I think it was Korea chance, but Ilkay Gundogan, he had an opportunity right before that. Yeah. So, you know, Manchester City, they managed it very well. And this is kudos to a city team that, look, if you're going to make it a street fight, this was a city team, Zinchenko. When Phil Foden went down, there's little details that go a long way in the game of football. I'm not going to call it soccer just yet. Football. <laughs> and it's really when you have a street fight on your hands, and this is how City have been bullied in the past in Champions League. Teams want to make it ugly, chaotic, frantic, street fight. Zinchenko, Phil Foden's on the ground, and it's Zinchenko who steps up and squares up to a former City man in Savage and said, not today. And then Fernandinho comes in. The rest of the City, there is a unified presence about this Manchester City team playing in a very hostile environment. I was very impressed with that. And there's a reason why this, this team are Champions League favorites alongside uh, Liverpool. We, we, we were joking, James Bench, uh, at the beginning, but we really weren't. It's serious. You don't mess with Jack Grealish's hair. Apparently that kept on going. <laughs> Apparently that kept on going in the tunnel, right? Is that right? Yeah, a few reporters, including uh, Guillaume Balaguer, uh, in there for CBS, um, are saying right now that they've heard, like, I think Balaguer described it as raised voices coming out of the tunnel. BT Sport, obviously the UK broadcaster, have said actually that they that they're aware of a physical altercation between Grealish and, and Stefan Savage, for which the police got, got involved. Obviously, as we're speaking mm. now, we haven't really heard from the players, from the manager um, just yet. But, I mean, you know, that's it's the sort of dispiriting conclusion that, that Atleti were always going to, or it seemed inevitable, w was going to come in this tie um, when we got to like the 100th minute. Yeah. You it's, don't mess with a British institution like Jack Grealish's hair. <laughs> Gucci's paying good money for, for it. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm a little bit... Joe Cancelo is suspended for the first leg in the semifinals. Is that a big deal, Michael? Do they have enough? I mean, it's bad. They, they they have enough. And and if anything, you have Nathan Ake who can fill that spot. Yeah, he played City, well. City, City now have depth in the back but line. But if Kyle Walker's suspended, uh, injured... He, he limped out. That's so, when we could be having an issue. So how would you see it then if that was the case? If Walker was injured, uh, we have Joe Cancelo who is suspended. You you know, usually, you know, Pep Guardiola has never shied away from putting wrong-footed players on the other side as well. But, you know, I would dare to think that somebody like Sinchenko would be pushed on either side. And then obviously 
Ake John Starnes. So Ruben Diaz, how how far are we getting him back, by the way, as well? Oh, uh, Ruben Diaz, I'm not sure. That that one's still a little way off, though. I would think, I mean, you're right. I Maybe you end up playing Zinchenko left back, Ake, Laporte, John Stones at right back. I think that's, that's what it. they did against yep. Sporting. Yeah, I think that's but, what I mean, yeah. I, I totally agree with that. And and look, this is a city team that is doing it. They they played Liverpool at the weekend and showed very well. Should have won that match, as we probably said on many a shows since that match. And this is a city team that had an exhaust. It's been emotionally exhausting for them. And it can be. They could have rested on their laurels, but they didn't wilt at that. And this is a city team that will be very unified because they went to Madrid. And the image of Diego Simeone trying to clap up this fan base and clap up the entire stadium. It felt like a symphony of just Simeone and Simeone nights. I just made up a new word. Webster put in the dictionary, but just that, I thought that was beautiful to see, but the city team, they, they're a team on a mission. They just, they just have a different edge about them. And it, could it be Jack Grealish's only contribution to Manchester city, apart from jokes and YouTube, um, just giving him that Birmingham little Birmingham, Little presence of Birmingham in the locker room. <laughs> Michael, you got to be very careful on uh, on trying your Birmingham that accent. Like, idea. <laughs> I know. Like, I got I got two Brits on the show. Sorry, guys. I'll, I'll, I'll wind it back in. One. I'll wind it back in. <laughs> You're watching a lot of Peaky Blinders these days. I, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I'm actually looking at that video. Yeah, there is, you know, there's a lot of scrapping around inside the tunnel as both sides are just going at it and yelling at each other. And yes, Jack Willish is showing his Gucci contract saying, look, you don't fool my <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But they are yelling at each other. And it's, you know, I mean, it's it's what you expect. I mean, you know, men, we get too emotional sometimes. It's, it's really, you know, Sinchenko didn't square up. He was just protecting Foden, uh, says Melvin. Well, we'll see about that. Well, let me ask you something. Kevin De Bruyne's injury, also worries me a little bit. Is there an update on that, James Ben? Because also, uh, we, no update. I mean, we have to watch had, out. So had it's a massive ice. FA Cup game against Liverpool as well. Yes, this is and this is huge. I mean, you know, the Premier League game was very significant, of course, in terms of the title race. This is the moment where the, one of the treble or the quadruple ends. You mm. know, it will end on Saturday. Um, he had ice, he had ice on his ankle, sat in the bench. Hard to know whether that's an impact injury. Those ankles, though, have dogged him in the past. Yep. That will be a worry. Now, of course, if you've got Bernardo Silva, Jack Grealish, Phil Foden, name who you want. But De Bruyne was looking, I mean, on on Sunday, he was phenomenal. Oh. Yeah. So if he's out, Michael LaHood, that gives surely a big advantage to Liverpool, who we're going to get into it in a second, had the pleasure advantage of rotating even though Benfica didn't make it that uh, exactly friendly for them as well but Kevin De Bruyne not in that game would be a massive loss and if you're if you're Manchester City yes it's a massive loss for the FA Cup but because you were able to get the emotional better of Liverpool because you were able to make more of a dent in that rivalry in terms of hey when it comes to a football match we're the better side then you you can afford to shift your focus now what's your priority if you're going to go for the treble, quadruple, those are great. That, that's great in theory. But this Manchester City team, they're after one trophy and one trophy alone, and that is the UEFA Champions League. It's a thing that's eluded them. If they if they could get all the other trophies and throw them into the Thames, then they would, if it means that they could get 
the UEFA Champions League. And I know you're going to say my, my pronunciation's awful. I'm going to get ahead no, of you. No, dude, you're good to go. Like, it's fine. I, I right, like reverse how psychology you're, on that. you're walking on the tightrope above a fire. <laughs> I, I, I like it. By the way, Pep Guardiola making it to his ninth semifinal as a manager, which is a record, by the way, passing Ancelotti and Jose Marino, which we discussed yesterday. All right, everybody, but I want to know your thoughts. If you're a Man City fan, how do you think your chances are now We'll talk about it in a second in the semifinals, but also against Liverpool in the FA Cup as well. We're going to take a break, everybody. When we come back, we'll talk about Liverpool against Benfica. It wasn't as easy or as uh, doable as many thought. Obviously, they got the job done, but still it was a little tricky because Benfica wouldn't go away. But in the end, things happened well, but we'll talk about it a little more. We'll take a break. Semifinal bracket predictions, a little bit of a mini preview on the Europa League. Perhaps James Bench can tell us some fun things that Mikael Antonio told him. And much, much more. Kigo Lasso Wednesday, Champions League recap. James Bench, Michael LaHood, LME. We'll be right back. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, everybody. Champions League Wednesday recap. The semifinals are set. The quarterfinals are done. James Bench, Michael LaHood. Michael, Liverpool 3, Benfica 3. It all started rosy for Liverpool, and it was that man again, Konate, scoring as well in the, on the 21st minute. And then, uh, but then Benfica got another one back and it was kind of a back and forth. It was a rotated squad. Salah was sitting, Mane was sitting, it was uh, Diogo Jota, Firmino and Lucho Diaz. In the end, 3-0, but they get the job done. How do you see it? Um, obviously, we expected Liverpool to go through, but perhaps should be given Benfica, the Portuguese, had a little bit of credit taking in mind. They, they really didn't give up at all. This is Liverpool's sixth appearance, by the way, in the semifinals. Third in the last five seasons, remarkable stuff from Jurgen Klopp's side. How do you see uh, this game uh, from Jurgen Klopp's perspective? For for Klopp, it, we've been saying it throughout the competition, just your ability to be able to rotate players at the weekend, Mane Salah, and it was Bobby Firmino who didn't play a single minute against Manchester City. Since when does Bobby Firmino not play a single... Sorry, he played a single minute. I think five minutes. I got that wrong. But he played five minutes. But Still, when does Bobby Firmino, yeah. Firmino play five minutes? against Manchester City in what could be a title-deciding match. And now they're reaping the rewards of that because Bobby Firmino, if Kareem Benzema is Kareem the Dream, Bobby Firmino is big shot Bob. Two <laughs> goals for the Brazilian and almost identical goals, runs in behind. And I think for Benfica, Liverpool have to be very feeling very fortunate for the gift of a goal for Bobby Firmino. But there's there's no good graces here. You take the goals that you're given, and the ruthlessness of Liverpool is what Klopp will be happy about. Now, on the defensive end, 
I would be a little bit concerned about giving up goals. But at this stage, it's not about how you get there. It's the fact that you progress. We saw some of the craziness of the games yesterday. They're bleeding into the craziness of today. And this is why we have the Champions League. It's just end-to-end stuff. And credit to Benfica. I think Darwin Nunez, his stock just went up, scoring goals that day. United, anyone, go pay for this guy. Terry Silver, by the way. Have you ever seen Karate Kid 3? He's the villain in uh, in (laughs) Karate Kid 3. Darwin Nunez gives me that that vibe. He wants blood no matter what way he wants to get it. Good goal from Darwin Nunez, by the way. I was a little worried. Yeah, James Bench. I haven't seen Karate Kid 1. Are you you kidding me? (laughs) No, never seen it. I've seen the episode of Community where they parody Karate Kid. It wasn't one of my favorites. James, there's another movie that you haven't seen that really got me angry. What is it again? Uh, Oh, was this around Christmas? I've not seen Home Alone. Yeah, that's right. He's never seen Home Alone. Are you? Oh, my day. Seen Home Alone too. Oh, you know what? I'll give you that. That's my wife's favorite. Yeah, but I I didn't care for it. Donald Trump was ever. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, give me your thoughts on uh, on Liverpool's side then. Uh, Rotated squad, James Bench, but you got the job done in the end. Well, I think that's it. Is we're looking at a lineup and particularly that defense. You know, Matip and Allison are the only regular starters. Changing out the fullbacks. This is you know this was a team that was selected with not just one eye with both eyes on that that FA Cup final we were we were looking ahead to and in many ways this is just FA Cup semi-final in many ways this is just a reminder of the the scary depth that they have that Luis Diaz and Roberto Firmino can come in with a point to prove and and in Firmino's case prove that emphatically um you know this is uh, this was a great result for uh, for Liverpool really i don't i know i don't worry about when the goal you know the fact that it was 3 all because the goals were conceded when they were 3-1 up and it was yeah. a sort of natural conserve your strengths, you know, rotate players in and out. And I know obviously he brought on, you know, he brought on Salah and he brought on, was it Thiago as well? And that seems more like getting a a few minutes in their legs because they're obviously kind of used to playing three games a week. So there's a lot of supportive messages for Liverpool here. Mauricio Mm. Casillas asking, should Liverpool win it now? I feel like Liverpool should win the Champions League, James Bench. You know what? Why are we discounting Submarino and Mario just so quickly like this? (laughs) So the one thing I have to say, often I come on this podcast or I write my columns and I tell you this ex-defensive team, Benfica were a great example. You just say the defense won't hold. Like, all the XG numbers, everything is pointing to this isn't a great team. If you go look at VRL, the underlying numbers suggest they can make it incredibly hard for Liverpool because Bayern Munich had two of their two of their five lowest XG games this season were the two they just played against VRL, 1.4 and 1.5 XG. It's fine for a normal team. It's peanuts for Bayern Munich. Like it will be tough equally, you know. It's Liverpool. Like Liverpool are better than Bayern Munich. They're better than Juventus, and they're better than Villarreal. And over 180 minutes in general, better teams win football matches. I know. I think I just I'm not mm. totally. I'm not. But I know, I'm not really I, assessing it right now. I I I, know, I hear what you're saying. I just uh, the intangibles, man. The intangibles. And yeah, the but Bash what about the tangibles? Well. What about the tangibles? Like Mohamed Salah's left foot, Diogo Jota. <laughs> Ghosting around the box, Tiago. Come, Danny Parejo, Danny Parejo, James Bay. All right, Michael, we, talk to can me. Can we put some respect on this Villarreal team before a ball is kicked? <laughs> can we? Are they going to make it a three-peat of, to no. do it and do the unthinkable? Okay, you answered that. No, just kidding. We don't know, 
Oh, no, no. I think it's too, it's more too... than serious. He's given Villarreal no chance in this battle. Yeah, just, work, I just want to make this clear. So, Michael, oh, but, uh, you know, the question remains, though, regardless of Villarreal or not, you know, no disrespect. Liverpool, are they, in this moment, at this point, do you consider them the favorites to win the whole thing? I think it's it depends on the health of Manchester City. Mm. A full-strength Manchester City team, a Kevin De Bruyne that comes back healthy from hopefully what is a knock and not an injury that keeps him out longer, a Cal Walker that is focused, a full-strength Manchester City team, they are the favorites to win. Liverpool is a close second. But Liverpool do have depth, and because of that, they maintain just strength on all fronts. And I think depth, should De Bruyne be injured or sidelined for anything that, that impacts one or two legs, then Liverpool are the favorites. But City overall and ultimately are just too good. And the, and the match on Sunday, that tipped my opinion in a way I didn't think was possible because prior to that, I'd been singing Liverpool's praises. But Kevin De Bruyne, him and Kareem the Dream, they've established themselves alongside Luka Modric on, on his day. But those three, what they're doing for their teams – they are scary good in Europe. Well, right you now. said two out of those three is Real Madrid players right yeah. now. Uh, yeah. So I wonder how much James Benz you give Real Madrid against Man City, given, by the way, not just the squads themselves, but the level of hardship that Man City still has to go through, FA Cup, whatever, and trying to get that title. Yeah, so so I both agree with Mike and disagree. What I agree with is that if we assume that Man City reached the final and we assume full health on City's behalf, I do make them slight favourites, but I think kind of when you kind of look at it now and, it, you know, if I were a betting man, the reality is you kind of say it's 60-40 or 65-35 that City beat uh, Real Madrid and it's a lot stronger. It's 95-5, well, maybe 90-10 that Liverpool beat Villarreal. So you kind of make Liverpool favourites for that reason. Um, I think Real Madrid have, you know... <laughs> Again, you look at the numbers, seven of their or six, seven of their eight goals in the Champions League scored by Benzema, more yeah. than half their XG. And you kind of think, well, you could just stop him, but you can't. He's playing so well that there is no way of stopping him. It was a privilege watching him at Stamford Bridge because he was always positioned in the most difficult position for the defenders to know who, who whose responsibility is. Jorginho was like, you, you would watch him every minute he was going, Oh gosh, that's I, I know that might not work well in audio, but just staring over his okay, shoulder. We can imagine he's looking <laughs> around, yeah. And that's yeah, courtesy yeah. of Luca Modric as well, obviously yeah. finding mm. Kareem Benzema as well. Here's my thought: over 40% of the goals that Chelsea conceded in the Champions League were courtesy of Kareem Benzema. I just <laughs> I don't think when they face Man City, let's say in the narrative, just for the sake of a hypothetical story here, if Chelsea they were three nothing up, right? Three nothing up. If Man City are three nothing up in a game, they're not really going to give you the chance to do anything. I don't care who you are. So it, it will be a tougher thing. I still think it's a Man City-Liverpool Champions League final. My The romantic in me wants Villarreal to keep going. But I agree with James Bench. It's, it's too tough. So, let, Michael, would you say, if I had to ask you right now, what's your hmm. final? Uh, I think we've talked about it ad nauseum. I think it's going to be Liverpool-Manchester City. Get Kevin De Bruyne to the specialist that Pep loves to create medical miracles to in Barcelona. Make sure everyone is fit. And, and another player that we've mentioned very little of, if, if he's healthy, that's another X factor for City, Ruben Diaz. Mm. If he can get healthy, that brings strength and solidarity to City's back line. And a Ruben Diaz going up against a Kareem Benzema, 
Emmerich Laporte. I like that back line and that center back duo going up to, uh, against Madrid. And, and Pep, just tactical max, masterclass. He will not let what happened with Madrid for past rounds happen again against Manchester City. Yeah, when he overthought it. James Bench, your final, I take it, Man City-Liverpool? Yep. Yeah. What do you think, everybody? Everybody watching, thank you for joining in just now. Like, subscribe to this channel. What's your final? What do you think? Do you give Villarreal a chance? Media center, man, I'm calling it now. Villarreal are going to beat Liverpool. Media center, hold up a second. I'm going to take a screenshot right here. <laughs> just want to, I want to, I want to call it out if you're wrong, my friend. Okay. All right. So I'm going to call it out. All right. But if you do, I'll make sure to show you this right now. Des Norris can maybe take a cut. But what do you think, everybody? What's your Champions League final? All right. But we have it right now. Man City against Real Madrid, Liverpool against Villarreal, the Premier League against La Liga. Arguably the two strongest leagues in Europe, James Bench? Yeah, it's a strange one, isn't it? I think we all... The Premier League for sure. Yeah, of course, exactly. La Liga, you kind of... The narrative has been around declining quality. Um, and, I mean, I, I, you know, you would... I, I think they might be the strongest league just because then when you start going through it in your head, you go... I don't think... So. I mean, Serie A is the other one that would have a case, but... Into right now, they don't have a case from a European yeah. perspective. Uh, exactly. League A like doesn't, obviously. Uh, neither does the Bundesliga. It's too, too top-heavy. The Premier League will always be part of it. It's obviously economics mm. as well. But La Liga, it could be, you know, they are. Villarreal are, are the defending champions in Europa League. They are. Like, I mean, maybe, but, uh, genuinely, I think it's probably now a more competitive league than, than Liga, and it's provided us with more... Champions League quarterfinals, the Portuguese League. 100%. The Portuguese League now that really deserves uh, a mention as well. Michael LaHood, La Liga, Premier League, the top two team, top two leagues in Europe? I would say yes. And you can thank the January transfer window for that, (laughs) for La Liga. You really can. Well, Goldman Sachs, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You really, you you look at what's happened since January. At the start of the season, we we mourned La Liga with the, the passing of Sergio Ramos. Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo since gone. And we thought, what was going to happen to this league? Is it going to be a Real Madrid world? What type of Atletico Madrid were we going to see? And since January, the top teams in Spain, the fact that Barcelona has gotten better. I think Barcelona has made all the other teams. It's kept them accountable and it's made the league better. It's provided competition in La Liga in ways that Madrid didn't have before. And Villarreal, Unai Emery, they are a competition-tested team. So many of the same players that won the Europa League are still part of that core that are in the Champions League semifinals. Consistency, you've seen it with Madrid. There's a core group that have won Champions League that are still there. You have a Champions League winning manager, Carlo Ancelotti. And now you're seeing that in the Villarreal DNA, that they're tested and they're a group, they're a unit. So I think what's happening with England and Spain is, you know, it's in the blueprint what's happening in the Champions League. Yeah, it's a funny tweet here from Villarreal. <laughs> All right, let's move on here. Let's wrap things up with a Europa League mini preview. Des Norris, as you put the fixtures on screen. James Bench, a little bit on your chat with Mikael Antonio. He was up for it. You two had a nice little rapport. I felt like halfway through, I was like, you could make a BBC sitcom out of this. <laughs> I would. I would love that if you're watching, Mikhail. <laughs> so um, how was I Talk to us about Mikhail. How's he feeling ahead of tomorrow? Confident, real, a real belief uh, in what West Ham can do. You know, as he said 
in that first leg, they were down to 10 men for 50 minutes and they got a draw. So why not win if it's 11 against 11? And he was also saying he wanted Barcelona in the final, which no, Mikhail, we want to see West Ham play at the new Camp. That's what this has all been building towards. My favourite thing he told me, though, I have to say, is Mike LME, I'm sure you remember when he celebrated with a cardboard cutout of himself. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> now, Mike, you may you may not know that there are actually two of these cardboard cutouts because obviously the first thing you think is why does Mikhail Antonio own a cardboard cutout of himself? <laughs> He's not an arrogant man, you know. I mean, Jimmy Conrad doubtless owns multiple <laughs> cardboard cutouts of himself. He I has a basement full of them, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and there's just families of them. Um, but what it turns out, I think the first time he sort of shared this story, I loved it. Um, he had commissioned two cardboard cutouts of himself that were designed um, for during lockdown when, of course, as you remember, stadia are empty and, you know, the stands are, are right there. So his plan had been to have to place two cardboard cutouts of himself in the crowd. And then when he scored, he was going to run into the crowd, take his seat in the London Stadium <laughs> in between the two cardboard cutouts of himself and applaud the goal he just scored. Um, <laughs> he would have got a red card for that. That would have been the best celebration mistake. ever made. Would it not? Like, yeah, it would have been the greatest celebration ever in the history of the game. It's like, an absolute absolutely disgrace we never got it. <laughs> Well, uh, well, it's a great interview. Make sure that you read the article on CBS Sports. And of course, Diego Lasso, that fool on Michael. I mean, it's, you know, the romantic in us, you know, we were saying we want the heart to overtake here and hope that West Ham get the job done. I feel that Leon at home just might be a little too strong. I don't know. What, what do you make of that chance of West Ham's chance against Leon in second leg? I think if if they were one nil down going back to France, then I would wholeheartedly agree with that. But David Moyes is squeezing every bit of talent out of this group. And it's the fact that different players have stepped up to rescue this West Ham team that you just can't count them out. Yeah. One one going in. They're a character team. Yeah. And I, I I think that's why I give them a strong chance and rely on set pieces because you're going to need that going up against the Leon team that will give up set piece goals. Yeah. So if it comes to just, if you're looking to boss them on the field and out football them, uh, maybe that's the wrong tactic. David Moyes will be looking for possibly a smash and grab victory in France. So you see West Ham winning. I see them winning. All right. James Bench. Yeah. And just to echo what Mike says, this is one of the best set piece teams in the world. Mm. Aaron, I mean, they'll miss Aaron Cresswell's delivery a lot. That's one thing to say, but if someone else can put them in the box, Antonio, Suchek, Craig Dawson. I know these aren't glamorous names, but watch out. You know, get Paramount Plus on, on this. Not Barcelona. Everyone watches Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget, of course, one of the best defensive midfielders in the game, Declan Rice as well, who will do his thing. Um, all right, well, what else do we have in the Europa League, by the way? Atalanta, Leipzig. How do you see that one? Jimmy Conrad has a German side in the finals. Uh, do you see that one, James Bench? Leipzig over Atalanta. They're not that good at home, Atalanta in this kind of situation, surprisingly. Yeah. I have no clue, though. They're just they're, they're two pretty well-matched teams. It feels like Atalanta <laughs> wobbled a little bit of late, um, and Leipzig are, very, are also a team that are going to be quite well-suited to playing on the break. I know it's a kind of style they've moved away from uh, under Tedesco and, and under Nagelsmann. 
but I think give them the opportunities to play on the break and that muscle memory will kick in. So I I, I would probably echo Jimmy and just lean slightly towards Leipzig. Uh, I wouldn't quit on Atalanta just yet, though. You and Jimmy. I wouldn't quit on them just yet. Last match against Leipzig, I was shocked. For the first time ever all season, they went with a back four. Who does that if you're Gasparini going up? I was I was expecting just the battle of the back threes, 3-4-3 three, three combination. They've been doing that throughout the season. Both teams going either 3-4-3 three, three or 3-5-2. Three, and I think Leipzig just overran them, and it became too many 3v2s on the counter. And Cuckoo, he's been bossing it in Bundesliga and Europa League. I think if Atalanta want to put up a good fight and progress, get back to the basics, back three. How they start that match, what type of formation they play will tell you a lot about how this match will end. Yeah, two teams coming from the Champions League into the Europa League. By the way, I kept saying how Atalanta are not that great at home recently in the league specifically. Well, in Europe, I'm looking at this stat here. I mean, they haven't lost 11 previous matches, seven wins, four draws, with three of those, by the way, coming against German opposition. So there is a hope here for Atalanta. I'm switching around now. I feel like Atalanta could do this now. You, you've persuaded me. All right, I'll, mm. go for an, I'll go for an Atalanta win. Why not? Come Why on. Not? All right, Michael, you can with Atalanta win as well, right? Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm not sleeping on Gasparini. Amazing coach and another coach who gets the most out of his team. Yeah, Bench, uh, German efficiency for you? Yeah, Leipzig 2-1, but you guys are talking me around. And uh, if only we had more time for the Europa League. I mean, it's what I always say. Yeah. Mm. If only we did, I might be. I might come around to uh, right. Atalanta. Well, I, see a, you know. I, <laughs> I see a future show. <laughs> yeah, <all> right. <laughs> I'm pitching it. There's Norris taking note. All right, well, the Colombian... Uh, Ronaldo Fenomeno, Luis Muriel as well. He's been directly involved in eight goals and seven starts in the Europa League across uh, the spells with Sevilla and Atalanta, by the way. So he likes this kind of situations. All right, well, what's the other one there that we're looking at? In the uh, Here we go. Here's another comment. Barca are going to win the Europa League. They're playing crazy good now. Well, we are going to talk about Barcelona right now. Well done, Eintracht Frankfurt, by the way, for getting that result. 1-0 as well. All right, Des, let's go. Rangers Braga. A lot of fans here. Jimmy wants Braga. I went I went Rangers, but this Portuguese side is no joke. And James, you talked about the strength of, of this league. How, how do you see that? It's tough, but it's Ibrox and Rangers at Ibrox are a real, really different proposition. Yep. I think they would have been quite disappointed by how they sort of lacked a bit of fight against Braga, I thought. Um, that will not be the case this time around. Uh, there's some something really like I don't, especially I don't know why, especially Rangers and Scottish teams in this competition, but something just kind of takes them. And I think, particularly because you know they know they're not going to be competing in the latter stages of the Champions League. This tournament means a lot to them, and uh, I find this one a bit hard to call. But I I certainly think there will be stages where we think that Rangers have uh, have turned this tie around. I want to remind you of something. I was going to agree with you, but I just remembered the last big match the Rangers had at Ibrox. What'd they do? They lost. 2-1 <laughs> to Celtic. They're arch rivals. <laughs> and they, they haven't looked the same team since that loss. Yeah. When you lose rivalry games, that can dent your confidence. That can keep you second-guessing. And it really can take the fear factor out of a place that's been a fortress for them in Europe and also in the league we'll see how that shapes up but that that fear factor and that 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 was chelsea that celtic game the other chelsea the celtic match i think that could be a thing if they look back and if they don't progress through this round that will be 
the pinpoint that you could say, hey, this is where it didn't go right for them. Yeah, in addition, by the way, in that first leg, Rangers failed to direct a single shot on target in a major European game for the first time since November 2009. They have to turn it around. But I'm going to go with the vibes, uh, James Bench. I think Ibrox will be rocking, and I think Rangers will take care of it. But we'll see yes. what happens. All right, let's, let's end it with Barcelona. Obviously, everybody's, at least almost everybody's favorite to win this competition. Again, as I said, Antrek Frankfurt, well done on really, you know, just going at them, not letting them breathe as much, really f being physical, etc. But I think now at Camp now, I don't know. I think Xavi has his eyes on this competition, Michael Lahoud and Barcelona should really take care of business. And of course, at some point we have to talk about the magical Pedri, right? I'm sure. <laughs> uh, we will leave him for last because I want to give Frankfurt some true love. Frankfurt, yeah. they are a team that they'll concede possession and they will just go for the press. They'll sit either in a low block, mid block, but they're at their best when they press you off of goal kicks, which plays right into Barcelona's hands, which plays right in their hands because Barcelona, they have one mode of playing. What I'm looking for for Xavi is if Frankfurt do the opposite of what you think they're going to do, which is sit back. Most teams come to the camp now and sit back. If they come out and press you again in the first 20, 25 minutes, what's your plan B? You have the speed of Aubameyang. Do you put the pride of Barcelona possession aside? And do you utilize something you haven't had in a striker since a one Samuel Eto'o when Barcelona used to do that? If you come and press, we'll lob it behind you and have Eto'o mm -hmm. get in on goal. Do you do that with Aubameyang? If they do that, if they have a plan B, they will progress. I mean, to be fair, they might have the technical quality in the in the back line to play around that press, but it's, it is tough. And I think Eintracht Frankfurt really, really did rattle them. Also, you know, kind of like we were alluding to with West Ham, this is a team where the Europa League with Frankfurt is kind of it for them. And I know obviously it's taken on a sort of outsized importance with Barcelona right now, because, you know, they've done, they're, they're going to be in the Champions League regardless, but you know, this it's a chance for Xavi to win a big trophy. But Frankfurt, ninth in the Bundesliga, not much else to play for. The results have kind of gone askew. Overall, you kind of look at all that and you think mm, that's probably weight in favour of Barcelona. But this is a team that's really good in this competition, that like it, that like European football, that know what they're doing. You know, they, they got to the semi-finals. what was it, back in 2019. So I'm not ruling Frankfurt out at all, but quality of this Barcelona team, the way they've clicked into gear over the last few weeks. They've got to be favorites. Yeah, don't rule them out as well because they actually do really well against uh, Spanish opposition. They're unbeaten in their last nine games against mm. Spanish opposition. However, Barcelona have won 14 of their last 16 home matches against German sides. So something has to give. It will be very intriguing, as Michael LaHood said, how the philosophy will take place on the pitch from Eintracht Frankfurt. I'm going with a Barcelona win. Michael LaHood, what are you going for? I'm going with a Barcelona win. I hyped up Frankfurt because, well, I love my Germans. I, <laughs> I, I want to get a third, another league up there. Syria as well. I'll throw you some love. But Barcelona at home, they are juggernauts. And really behind some of the teenage sensation play of Pedri, we got the shout out in there for you, Luis. Thank Had to you. give your boy a shout. But, but really, the fact that another player who's a streaky player, Ferran Torres, Got the goal in the first leg. That'll do his confidence of world world of good. He's come so close time and time again. Been on the assist sheet a few times since the Barca turnaround since January. But consistent goal scoring in the final third. He could be the X factor for Barcelona again. 
Yeah, well, he's been directly involved in four goals and five appearance for Barcelona in European competition. And as you said, just needs to put them more away. James Bench, Barcelona too? Yes, but maybe after extra time. I don't think this is going to be as easy as as uh, anyone might, any neutral might think. I think Frank yeah, Frank would make a well, good go. Could be an extra time performance right there for Xavi and Barcelona. But regardless, that would be intriguing. All right, well, that was the... Europa League, and that was the Champions League quarterfinals. We are set for the semifinals, which come back in two weeks as Man City and Real Madrid and Liverpool against Villarreal. Fantastic stuff there. Final thoughts as we say goodbye. Michael LaHood, final thoughts, buddy. Ah, it has been just an emotional roller coaster of a week in Europe and European football. I would love to thank the players, the teams. And you guys, the fans, just seeing the interaction around the world, seeing it on the show, being a part of it, it, it just feels like an honor to be part of just the narrative going around such a special time in world football. Absolutely. Benjamin, last thoughts, buddy. I wish I had anything as profound to say, but all I have <laughs> in my head is... Um... Well, it is later for you. In the yeah, exactly. yeah, it is. It is. So yeah. You're allowed. I had my you're cup allowed. of tea as well. Um, oh, I hate tea. Taste of old people. Um, <laughs> Go home alone. No karate kid, no <laughs> tea. Who are All you? I've got stuck in my head though is um, the, that Kevin Keegan rant, but it's like reframed. I would love around, it. I would love it. Reframed around Jack Grealish's hair, mm. like the, the, when you do that to Stuart Pearce. It's like when you do that to a man like Jack Grealish when you touch his hair. And I just feel like that's what the that's what, what the whole Man City squad were like. You know, it was full blown <laughs> Keegan defending Stuart Pearce. But you do not touch Jack Grealish and say, right, lads, let's get in there. Like, yeah, exactly. I love it. I love it. But uh to echo everybody here, thank you so much for being part of the family. Please like and subscribe and spread the word. We're closing in on eleven thousand subscribers, as well as obviously download the pod as well. And we have so much content. We have our weekend preview coming up don't forget to check that out and plenty of great content some new content beginning next week by the way i won't tell you exactly what it is but we have a nice little surprise series coming your way but the kegolasso team is here for you every weekday make sure you follow james bench on twitter and cbs sports as well michael lahood at mike lahood lme at lmechegaray kegolasso pod on twitter youtube.com forward slash kegolasso have a great evening we will see you next time till then bye bye